It's my privilege to be here this morning. And as you know, I am Pastor Edgar Nunez. I am in charge of congregational care. That means every need that is in this flock is passed over, passed for me and my team. I talked to, I said this in the first service, and Pastor Will, probably he will be jealous, but I have my, my team is the best one. <laughs> uh, I don't know about the other departments, my, my team, man, I am so proud of all of them. Now, we are so glad the opportunity that you guys gave us to show you the love of God and serve you in any way that we may can during the time of needs that you guys have. Am I also the lead pastor at, Hope, uh, at Grace in Espanol? Uh, I'm wondering why they picked me to be the Latino pastor. If you know something, please let me know. <laughs> this morning I have a, a privilege to teach you something very special in my heart something that is very important, has been very important in my heart since I am a Christian. Uh, I remember my country, before I go into my preaching, I want to tell you something. I am so glad I am living in this country. And I am so honored to be a citizen of the USA, even with my accent and everything. Uh, I want you to hear this from me. Your nation is my nation, and your God is my God. And I will honor those two declarations and everything that I do as a pastor at the congregation that we have in the fifth service, we have seen a lot of growth. We are around 200 and something people uh, most of them, fifth, almost 40 of them, are new immigrants from Colombia. And I ask you, please, pray for them. Out of the, those 40, probably 50%, they already gave their heart to Jesus. This is good news. This is very good news. When I say, yes, they are, they are giving their heart to Jesus, they are not just professing the faith in Jesus Christ, but they are very, very willing to start doing the right thing in their lives. Even people that they already have kids, they want to marry. Uh, it's very, you can say, you know, what's the problem with that? That they have the kids without marriage. And now, with Christ in their lives, they want to do the right thing. This is something that makes my heart very excited because I can see uh, when we are talking about integrity, when we are talking about justice, uh, we can start when we just give our heart to Jesus, when we want to do the right thing. The other thing that I want to, to tell you, I am so glad I am part of this church and this staff. Pastor Keith and I, Pastor Matt, and we have a group of let's say, students that we met every Tuesday and every Thursday to make our sermons together. And this is something that has been very unique for me because for more than 35 years I was a lead pastor and I don't have the opportunity to study my sermon with somebody else. Until I came to this church, and this is a privilege for me, I know in this moment what I will say 
uh, is not something that I just come from my own mind. Uh, it's coming from the feed from all pastors in this church. I want to say this because I don't want to blame me, blame them. <laughs> when I was uh, about six months in my new walking with Christ in 1983, the church where I was part of in Guatemala, they asked me, they asked for a volunteer to drive a truck from Guatemala City to the mountains. I was single, and I said, well, I read my hand, and I said, yeah, I can go, I can do that. I said, maybe there is my wife, uh, but was not very sure about that. But I, I volunteered myself to go there in Guatemala in, two, in 1982 and 83, we were about to finish the civil war between the socialism and the, the army of Guatemala. Praise God, our soldiers resist and win, and we take away the socialism from our country. But I remember that specific day when I arrived to that place, I found a lot of Americans, people from Europe, people from the Caribbean, very few Latinos involved in the work of rebuilding my country. And I said, this is weird. Why my people is not here? And why this group of missionaries left their country to risk their lives, putting risk their own lives, their, their own safety? And I noticed something, all of them were very honest, was very open, but I hear the voice of the Lord saying to me, what they are doing, they are obeying what my word says. I want to invite Dallas to read for you guys one verse of the Bible, because when I read English, it might make people laugh, but this is a very serious message, and I want to honor you guys with a very good reading. Join me in reading from Deut Deuteronomy, chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what does Jehovah your God require of you except to fear Jehovah your God, to walk in all his ways, to love and serve Jehovah your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I prescribe to you today, so that you may prosper. Thank you, Dallas. As you can, as you listen, and you can read in the Bible, you can see a very specific words over there. The word me is required. When I became Christian, I knew God would have expectations about me. I wish every single Christian understand that when they become Christians, there is, this is a Bob size, Bob ways relationship. Is uh, I am against the idea that the gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. You know, I am against this idea that gimme more, gimme more, gimme more, if I am no giving nothing. And, and God had 
a great expectation from his people. This is my main point today. It's the only point that I have, that God has expectations about you or from you. God has expectations that include um, something that is very unique, which is the anointing with the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish what God is requiring you and me to do. Let me illustrate my point saying, telling you this, this testimony. I remember Guatemala at that time. Um, one day after probably two months, my first visit to that place in the mountains, I was I, on the house that I was rented to help Wycliffe. In that time, Wycliffe team was translating the Bible from different languages to from English, from Spanish to different languages. And we rent a house over there that we host them and we give them the whole thing that they may need to be comfort to translate the Bible. But not just for them, but it was also a house of refuge. And I remember one specific evening around 6, 7 p.m., uh, a lot of people were so excited in the park in the center park of this little town. And because one refugee was coming, flying from, yeah, flying from the, uh, running away from the guerrillas that they want to kill him. And he was carrying a net, a big net uh, covered with, 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 with leaves. And he was very careful. He did this move and he put the, 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 the net on the floor and he started unpacking that net and the smell was not very good. Uh, and he, this guy was deaf. He cannot hear anything. And he was so careful when he finished unpacking was his old mom in that specific net. That lady was blind. That lady can see nothing. And for the last 17 days, they had been running away from the guerrilla that they want to kill them because they stopped serving them. I remember Bobby Hughes is a missionary. She was a missionary. She came out of the house and she did this. When she saw this little, this little body, she saw, she saw that, and she did this, and she grabbed the lady. And she says, Lord Jesus, make her survive. I ask you, please, have mercy on her and give her hope and life. She carried this body. She started walking into the house, probably half blocks away. And I was in this corner just watch, watching everything. You know, I am Latino. I am very emotional. I start crying. And also because I am Flor's husband. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's serious. Um, I was cry I started crying. And this lady, uh, Bobby Hughes, took the body. He go inside the house give a bath and everything. But this smell, but remember that lady was blind. Her son was deaf. 
he cannot hear nothing. And I make this question, why this woman is doing this work here? And the, the reason why was because uh, God wanted to teach me a lesson that I hope I can impart to you, that God have a calling for all of us. Probably your calling won't be in the mountains like was mine. Probably won't be another place. But for sure, God had expectations from you. God is expecting something not to earn your, your salvation. I know what that, that, what that means because when my mom dies, I was eight years old. If I have to eat, my grandma and my uncle who raised me uh, when I was growing up, well, I, I didn't grow too much, as you can see. It's just, uh, well, I'm saying this. When I was growing up, I remember if I have to eat, I have to earn my food first. Sounds a bit, very, very, very traumatic, but that was my childhood. I have to earn everything. And not, if, I ha if I need shoes, I have to wear my shoes first. Please, I don't want to present myself as a martyr or a hero because I am not. I just want to be real with you guys. That it's so important to understand that what God is requiring us, something from us is not to earn anything. Make sense what I'm saying? You know, many people don't serve God. They don't obey God. They don't uh, fear God. They don't do what the Bible asks us to do because they think, I don't want to pay anything to God. Or some of them, there is people that they do many things for God because they want to feel uh, they are paying for anything that God may, uh, may God give them. It is it's known this way. What God is requiring us is because he created us for his glory. He creates all of us because he wants, he knows, he needs us. He needs you, he needs me. And it's so important for me to share this because you, can, you will see at least five requirements that God is asking for all of us. First one is fear of God. I don't know, I don't want to, you please don't take me wrong when I'm taking, when I'm saying fear. I can, I can face a lion, but you know what? When I face a mouse, I become a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a lion. I can probably, uh, I won't, I don't, I won't say I want to fight with them, but it's not, it's not that scary. But if I see a mouse, man, I start walking like a ballet guy. <laughs> Serious. Man, it's, it's, oh, I fear those little things. I am not talking about this kind of fear. I am not talking about this fear. I'm talking about the fear, which is reverent. That you know he is the ultimate authority in our lives. That's what he is the highest of highest. The fear of God that many people uh, had been learned lately, or I don't know, lately or, or always, is that they don't do anything because God gets mad. I'm not talking about that fear. 
I'm talking about the, the fear that you know the authority start and finish in God. That everything that you think, everything that you, you speak, everything that we learn has to come from God and finish in God. He, this is the fear that we are talking about. You know, uh, I am American, even I don't look like one. You know, but you know, something in our country is losing is the fear of God. And my prayer, my encouragement for you guys is to, we need to recover the fear of God in our nation. We need to not, not start, uh, you know what fear uh, causes in people? I remember my, my son, he was a teenager, and I used to knock their door, their, my daughter on some doors before I opened the door. But that specific day, I don't know, I just opened the door, and he was doing something completely wrong. When he saw me, he says, oh, daddy, daddy, he started trembling. <laughs> I'm not talking about this fear. I'm talking about this fear that you and I will recognize that God is God and we, he created us for good. One, I don't want to, to explain too much because I don't know that much. But something that I want to tell you is the other factor that is so important to, to practice is the love of God. You know, I like, I remember when I was, was in 1980, no, see, 80. Wow, long, long time ago. <laughs> I was in jail in Mexico. I am from Guatemala, very close to the border with Mexico, and I was in jail. And after several weeks in jail, somebody tapped my shoulder. And this guy told me, Edgar, this is not the place for you. God loves you. Even now, when I remember those words, Get the emotion. The reason why is because until that day, I never, I never heard somebody loves me. It's something that we need to learn is to appreciate how much God loves us. We need to, we don't take for granted. We need to understand that the love of God is something that whether he requires us to love him, he's just saying, just be reciprocal. Just, we just need to reciprocity. Re repros yeah, that word is good. <clears throat> that, uh, you know, when, uh, we need to respond to God in the way that he loves us. It's not something that is coming from you. Remember, God loves you not because uh, he loves me or because he misloves somebody else. He loves us because he's love. And what he's asking us, that he's requiring us to love him, is not something that comes uh, in, in ourselves. It's something that he is giving us first. We just need to put back to him. And it's something that I, I questioned that lady, Bobby Hughes, and I said, why you do what you do here in this, in this mountain? And she says to me, because Matthew chapter 22 tell me that I need to love God 
and love my neighbor. And what I am doing is not something that's coming from me. It's something that comes from God. And I want to urge you, church, we need to love well. We need to learn how to love well. Not just love. It's not enough. We need to learn how to love well. Because this world is needy. These people around us that they need to feel their love. And this is not an option for us. Remember the Deuteronomy, I don't know if I said right, but that scripture in chapter 10 says very clearly how God is required, is requiring this from us. He's expecting you love others. And please don't, don't think I am coming here to, to rebuke or to criticize anything. I just want to be very honest with you. I want to tell you, I love this church. I love my Grace family. It's something, embrace, uh, something that I really love at this church is the way that you guys embrace me, my culture, my people. I love, I, I highly respect the way that for you it's just one church, it's just one family. But let's do outside too. Let's do this in the neighborhood. I just tell you recently, and, and we have more than 40 new immigrants. But there is Russians, there are Ukrainians, there is Europeans that are coming from their country looking for what? They are not looking for money. They are looking for what you and I, we have. They are looking for love. Makes sense what I'm saying. There is something important for me because when the fear of God and love together, they are the key practices that we need to learn and put in practices because without those two first, it's hard for us to walk in God's way. What walk in God's way means? I remember my daughter was about 70 years old when she came very happy one day from high school. She said, you know, Daddy, my, my friend and I, we can wait to, 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 to turn 18 because we are about to rent our, an apartment and we will start our life. You don't say that in the Latino home. Because you will see this face. You, you want what? And I says, Lord, what is next for my daughter? What is your way for my daughter? Sometimes I have good ideas. Huh? I will. And I said, you know, daughter, let's pray for three weeks. If you come back and let me, the Flora and I and your brother, you gave us three reasons why we don't deserve to share life with you. I will pay you six months of your rent. <laughs> and she says, hi, daddy, you are so dramatic. Oh, daddy, you don't know nothing. So, okay, I don't know nothing. And almost a week and a half after that conversation, she came to me and she says, Daddy, I don't have reasons. I, 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 I will stay here. Oof, I saved six months of rent. <laughs> 
sounds, sounds funny. But those specific moments when you don't know what to do with your business, with your family, with your relationships, when you don't know nothing, what is next, is the moment when you need to say, God, show me your way. Show me the way that I need to face this, how I can, I am so glad, I am not that smart. But I remember when my daughter uh, married, she married around when she was almost 40, 40, 24, 40. 24 is, I just, dyslexia. Um, I remember the day when this, when this guy, uh, he is 6'3". Somebody asked me, uh, how was when he asked you permission to start dating your daughter? You know, says, I have to say yes? <laughs> this guy is so big, I cannot say nothing. <laughs> I remember when this guy came after the day before they get married. He knocked the door and he says, Pastor Edgar, I come to, bring, to take out the, the, the furniture from Paula's room. You know, I say, yeah, yeah. Come in, please. You know, I went back to my shed and I grabbed a black can of paint, paint, paint color black. You know, I start painting my shed. I don't know for how long. When I realized was my reaction to God's way to my daughter. I don't know what your reaction will be when, you, when God show you what God's ways. But believe me. My, wife, my, my daughter lives a great life with this tall guy. <laughs> probably, probably you won't take a black paint to paint your shed. But probably you will scratch your head and say, God, is this your way? Believe me, yes. God's ways are better than us. God requires you and me to live, to, to live, to, to, to spend our lives in working in His ways. But without fear, without love, that is impossible. If you don't fear God, always your will will be done. And believe me, our own will is not good. I like to serve people. And I have a very good, good, very good examples of saverhood. Remember that lady, Bobby Hughes? Her husband was, uh, he was part of the Second World, a military guy, very tall, very handsome man, very strong man. Uh, they were my mentors for at least 24 years. And I, I, I will tell you, I have a very good examples of service. And I believe in this moment, I have the right motivation behind my service every day. But it wasn't in that way for many years. Many people think that they need to serve in order to earn something. Many people serve because they think they are so good, if they don't do that, nobody can do that. 
serve the Lord means give others the best of you. Serve the Lord means give the best of you to others. And this is very truth when you, when you go back to your family relationship. When the Bible, when, when you go back home, you find your best husband and your best wife. At least in theory, that needs to be true. But in practice, Sometimes people don't value those relationships as they, they, they should because they don't know how to serve each other. But if you fear God and you love God and you understand that the better way to walk is in His ways, believe me, serve never will have an issue for you. But let me tell you something about serve. Yesterday, I have a conversation with a gentleman who is visiting us from over there from Pasco, Washington. And he, he and I, we were talking, and he told me, and, and he asked me this question, why you serve? And I says, I serve because I was created to be a servant. But it was not my, my conviction many years ago. I thought I was the guy who everybody has to serve because I was an orphan. And I developed this mentality of the victim mentality that I, I cannot do nothing because I have no father, I don't have no mother. I, everybody has to give me anything. And there is people that they don't like to serve because they think they don't, they, every, everybody on something to them. They don't, I don't want to go deep in this because I, something is, is an issue in my heart about ne people who are ne negligent when they have the opportunity to serve. But something that is very, very truth from the Bible is God never will give you anything that you don't have gifts or abilities or skills to do. God gave you skills. God created you with good skills, with good, very good abilities, gifts that God is asking you and me. He requires us to serve Him for whoever He gave to us. Don't ask me to do a surgery of your left eye because I am not a surgeon. I, I know who, what my, my gifts are, as you need to know what your gifts are. If you don't know what your gifts are, it's okay. But it's not okay to keep ignoring that you are so needed in God's kingdom. God is requiring us to serve Him according to our gifts. And just to start finish because I know you are waiting, somebody waiting for you for lunch. There is something that I, 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 I value in my work as a counselor. If people don't know how to, I don't have authority to correct them. Let me explain this in this way. When I arrive, 
here in America, I was in, I arrived to in Portland, Oregon, and we drove to uh, Roseburg, Oregon. And I remember two days after we arrived, or a week after I arrived, I have to go to DMV to do my license, driving license. And I wrote the, I read the, 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 the manual, and, and I assume, because I started driving as a teenager in my country. In my country, you don't have to have license to drive. It's just if you know, drive, drives. <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, I, I remember I started driving when I was a very young boy. And when they, because I know how to drive, I assume I don't need to memorize what the book says. But I start, when I went to the, the test, the test was in Spanish. I said, easy for me, fail. <laughs> I came back the next time. Let's try it now in paper. Fail. The third time, I pass. Whew. I remember the instructor says, well, we need to go a ride. You need to show me how good are you in driving, something like that. I, I took the car. And I was driving, and the way that I drove in Guatemala. Man, it was fun. But when we, you know, I noticed this guy didn't say nothing. You know that? That the structure cannot say nothing? But I saw this guy like, I thought he's emotional. It's okay. But the weird stop at the DMV, he says, you are so aggressive. I say, what are you talking about? If I memorize the book, I would write correctly. Keep the commandments. If you don't know what the commandments are, you will drive your life crazy. Like Edgar Nunez, very aggressive. You need to know what the Bible says. You know, because this Bible, this book, is the, is, there is no other book after that or before. or this is the, this, That's it. It's done deal. There is nobody, there is not the book, the Bible, and two other books or more books. It's the Bible and that's enough. I, I, as you know, I am very fanatic of this book. Uh, I hope you become one. And the reason why I'm saying that is because God is requiring you to practice his commandments. But if you don't know what the commandments are, what you will practice. That is so important that you can understand the Bible is the book that you need to devote every single day in your life. If you want to buy one, I have a special for this weekend. If you don't have Bible, look for one. Pastor, you are talking about the, the audience is the church. I understand that. But there is a statistics that show 
that more than 71% the attenders of churches, they don't know what the commandments are. It's a scary. Yeah. <laughs> Let me finish to say this. You are precious. You are so beautiful. You are something that the God spent time, unique time, to create you. All of us, we are sinners. But all of us, we are so beautiful and from God's eyes. He is inviting you and me to behave in the way that we can show fear, love, for the most important practices in our lives. He is asking us to walk in his ways because our ways, they are not saved. They are not good. He is asking us to serve him because he created you and me with gifts, with abilities, with skills that nobody else may have. He is asking you and me to make a commitment with his commitments, to learn the book, to practice, to lead our lives from that, from the Bible. And you know, everything that I am saying is not something that is my opinion. It's something that is in this book and is truth. I want to tell you this, what I, I always say to people every time when I have the opportunity to preach. You are so important for God. Yes, you are important for God. That's why you are important for me. Dear Father, thank you for giving me this opportunity to communicate with your body, with your, your church, with your people what you place in my heart. You are not require us to do something sacrificial, something that we cannot do, but you have expectations. You want to see us successfully living in this earth. And now when we are about to celebrate Independence Day, Father, we want to take ownership over everything that we are required us to do in order to make not just this nation better, but also the next generations. And after that generation, this, the next one, they be a, a, a generation of fearful people that they fear you and instead fear media or anything else. I ask you, Lord, be with us the rest of this day and be with us during those days of this week that we have off. Whatever we do, we can do for the glory of Jesus Christ. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. May God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to me.